Hi everyone, welcome to the Liberal Arts Endeavor, a podcast by Michigan State University's College of Arts and Letters. Here, we're dedicated to driving a continued conversation about the importance of public presence in an online space. If you're a returning listener, welcome back. This season, we're refocusing on the value of humanist perspective in the digital age and slowing down a bit to foster a culture of care and listening. On each new episode, we follow Chris Long, Dean of the College of Arts and Letters, as he takes us somewhere new to meet arts and letters students and faculty where they work. Today's episode features me, Anya Delan. I'm a fourth-year undergrad student here at MSU getting my degree in experience architecture, and I'm a design intern in the Cal office. Chris meets me in the Digital Scholarship Lab at the MSU Main Library. Here I am with Dean Long. Welcome to the podcast, Anya. It's great to have you. Thank you so much for having me. So tell me a little bit about where we are. We're in the Digital Scholarship Lab on the second floor of the library. Surprisingly, I still meet students who have never heard or seen this space, but it's one of my favorites um, because we have all kinds of cool tech in here, and I like to kind of buckle down in here and do my work so so we're in we're in one of the offices in the digital scholarship lab this is the college of arts and letters office right yeah yeah it it looks over the beale botanical gardens i like the way you have this this the the newest technology with the oldest part of campus yeah yeah so can you tell me a little bit about how you use the digital scholarship lab in your work yeah definitely i mean mostly i use the more um, open space in the back it's like more presentation space um I use that a lot when I was part of the iOS design lab on campus, um, and then I like to use the big monitors on the other side near the desk. Um, they have, of course, like Adobe Suite, and yeah. the it's basically a dual monitor in one monitor, so yeah. it's really awesome to use. So They're curved. They yes, really look awesome. I take advantage to not lean over my laptop in my own lab when I have the opportunity, so <laughs> it's really nice. So it has all the equipment that you need to do the kind of design work that you're doing? Yeah, absolutely. And then some. I mean, there's the virtual reality room, which I've yet to explore, but I'm really anxious to do that because it seems really cool. Have you been in the 360 room? I've stepped inside. I've never never been inside when it's being like used for something, but it's like really awesome immersive experience yeah well i mean so you're you said you mentioned the ios design lab so tell talk to me a little bit about your work your design work yeah what's your major or everything yeah so i'm a i'm a senior in the xi program here experience architecture um and i started as a freshman um i found out about the major really because i wanted to apply to msu and i was kind of looking through the list of majors i knew i wanted to do something that integrated technology and design something creative but something that didn't cause me to sit at the desk all day and i really kind of haphazardly came across it and it was like a perfect fit for me and so that was really exciting and so um one of the uh projects i was involved in on campus recently was part of the ios design lab i was part of the first cohort that we had here on campus um, and a group of five students and myself were on a team making a um, an app which we took through to the prototyping stage of um, kind of solving a problem basically on campus and doing kind of a different kind of learning that you would do in a classroom really because it's challenge based and it's kind of what problem do you want to solve and then find out what you need to do to solve it and it's really independent and it was really um, interesting albeit frustrating yeah. <laughs> um, but like it really changed um, the way I viewed myself as a designer so the problem we were trying to solve was um, kind of surrounding campus safety mm-hmm. um, we were looking at the resources that were already present on campus IPF alerts um, the Michigan State Police Department texts about oh an incident happened in the East Lansing area last night at 12 p.m. 
and 12 a.m. you're saying, mm -hmm. okay, that's really no use to me now. So um, we're thinking like, what is a way that we can get students pertinent information that they need to know when it's happening, while it's relevant, um, especially thinking of students who are walking home late at night, who want to avoid conflict that may be happening. Um, and so what we came up with was an app called Get Home Safe, which mm -hmm. I like to um, refer to as Waze for pedestrians, really. So Waze is a, oh. is a driving yeah. app that notifies you where police officers are, where accidents are. And so uh, Get Home Safe was an app where students could check um, where students had reported incidents on campus. And so it could maneuver them the safest oh. way home. And using historical data and everything? Or? Using, um, so each student um, who would use the app would be able to self-report okay. incidents and those would um, show up live on the app uh -huh. within a certain time frame that they occurred uh -huh. and students would be able to see that. Wow. So that was a way that we thought maybe would be interesting to kind of solve that um, that problem but we kind of ran into several issues doing that including how do we do this alongside the emergency resources that are already yeah. on campus without kind of overstepping that? We don't want this to be a replacement for people calling 911 when they really should. Right. Um, we also don't want it to be used um, by people who want to target vulnerable people on the app. Um, we don't want it to be a hub for um, discrimination-based um, reporting and so that was kind of an interesting challenge because yeah. the deeper we got into it the more we realized okay everyone's way of classifying an incident is different right. everyone's way of like desiring to even report is interesting should it be anonymous should it be linked to a profile what is our role as uh, administrators of mm -hmm. controlling that kind of um, controlling that kind of content that kind of privacy and so that has like really changed the way that I want to impact the field of UX design in like an ethical way in a way that promotes transparency and all of that. So you and, and you were on a team were they all College of Arts and Letters students or were they? Yeah so um, IOS Design Lab was open to everyone in the college um, but most of the people on my team were also from the XA uh, major. Okay. Uh, we had one graphic designer and one computer science major, so it was a good mix. Oh, good. That's mm -hmm. good. So when, when you found Experience Architecture in the catalog, did you have any idea just that this is an interesting type name for what is this? I wanted to do like building architecture. Uh -huh. So Experience Architecture, well, now I think when I tell people what I'm doing, they think it's buildings, and yeah. it frustrates me. At the time, it was kind of perfect because right. it caused me to click on it. Interesting. Um, but yeah, so it was it was kind of a cool gateway because I was, on a, of course, all across the board, what did I want to do engineering? Did I want to do industrial design? Did I want to do architecture? And so, um, yeah, just just by seeing the name causing me to click on it and learning more, I was yeah. Yeah, enthralled. There's a lot of um, talk about, well, is that, the, is that, are we losing students by having that name or should we have it, should it be user experience design or something? more straightforward that people understand and this is actually you give us a good example of of, of student we might have lost right right <laughs> i don't know name. if i would have clicked on it had it not been <laughs> but yeah, yeah. No, it's perfect. So, and the iOS Design Lab, that is uh, an Apple-sponsored program? Yeah, absolutely. We work in a, we work kind of alongside them, and they provide a lot of resources to us, um, including kind of support for students who um, have a desire to uh, go to the Worldwide Developing Conference mm -hmm. um, at their headquarters and um, participate in more of that um, 
immersive app design experience because that's a really hot field right now, of right. course. So. Well, they um, and, and that and that whole experience was not for credit. That was just something you no. did, right? Yeah, it was totally just extracurricular, something that I was interested in. So yeah, it was really exciting, especially like it gave me the opportunity to become closer with other students, especially in my major, since many of them were part of it. Um, and it was really like exciting opportunity to just kind of jump into something that I really just got an email about and thought yeah. it was interesting. So, Great. Yeah. Well, good for you for being proactive. Thank you. Yeah. <laughs> the, uh, I went, so I went to your website. One of the things we talk about on our, on our podcast is creating a in, engaging online presence, Skyly presence. And I saw the app on the, yeah. on the website. So talk to me a little bit about your, your website and how you've gone about thinking about that, your Skyly presence. Yeah, absolutely. So for my field, especially having an online portfolio is really critical. Um, especially as I'm kind of building my work experience, it's really important that that showcases kind of my capabilities and my work experience. And so um, it's been kind of a challenge to um, write kind of a comprehensive overview of projects I've worked on um, while also making it not so laborsome to mm -hmm. read to people. And it's also um, a challenge to kind of incorporate something that looks really professional, super clean, super scholarly, but also has personality yeah. and so that's kind of something that I've been working on um, just as I've been building on it is how does my work um, translate to other people not only in terms of skill-based experience but also like giving them a sense of who I am as a designer who right. I am as a uh, co-worker right right yeah it's a, it's a and are you using a, is it a WordPress site with a template I'm using Squarespace right now okay. and I to anyone who's using Squarespace, I highly recommend switching to MSU Domains because uh -huh. it's much better. Um, but yeah, what it is right now is Squarespace, and it's worked. It's worked. Yeah, um, and you had that before you knew about domains and all that. Yeah. Uh, yeah, exactly. Well, we're working on the domains project partly to give students and faculty opportunities to experiment with different ways of presenting themselves online that um, align with their own values as a scholar, as a teacher, as as a future employee yeah, somewhere yeah. For, for students. And I noticed that you have the um, Get Home Safe app highly uh, present on that site. Yeah, absolutely. That one was a big one because that was the first real like independent research project that I did, um, especially as I'm kind of trying to angle myself as not only a designer, especially visually, but a researcher as well. I really want to do work that involves um, design that comes from a place of talking to users, mm -hmm. how they behave, how they expect to interact with technology. And so Get Home Safe was a good example of that. We were able to talk to real students who we supposed would be using the app. Um, and we did a, an interesting kind of research activity with them. We did a card sort where we okay. gave them a series of cards with different kind of keywords on them, like map, because it was a map-based interface, or like emergency, SOS, 911, like seeing how um, people grouped different things together, especially as we were considering the interface as maybe a, uh, a way to select um, incidents by category. Mm -hmm. um, it was interesting to see how people expected those things to be paired and how that translated to the information architecture of the of the app. Um, especially, it was interesting to see how words that we kind of expected everyone to know were not necessarily words that everyone knew. So we had to rethink a lot of things. Um, we also had to rethink like how we had to be very deliberate, I suppose, about the words we were using on the app itself. Mm -hmm. um, like 
did we want to use the word incident or a report or like very like small minutia of the app itself had to be really carefully deliberated. Well, that, that gets into I think what I think of as your re, your area of, of research around the ethics of design. And so tell me more about your thinking in, in those areas. Yeah, absolutely. I think it's a really interesting time to be breaking into this field, especially considering ethics and privacy. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> definitely. Um, I think that um, people who create online spaces have a big responsibility to uh, take care of people's data that they yeah. um, share on the site and that um, users know what they're sharing and how it's being used because I think that's really rare. Um, and so I want to be an influence in the field that promotes transparency, promotes um, design that shows users exactly what is being used. Um, especially, I, I, there are examples of UX design that are, some people call it dark UX, where mm. um, it's designed so that it um, makes the user feel a certain way. For example, when you have a pop-up on a shopping site and it says, oh, give us your email, and we'll give you 10% off. Right. And the option is either to put in your email and say, yay, or the option is, sorry, I don't like deals. <laughs> and it's, like, it's kind of like a playful, but it also kind of promotes this attitude of not sharing right. like really sensitive information about your online persona like negatively impacts you online. And I right. don't think that that should be. Yeah, I mean, a lot of that material is around what happens with your data and all the privacies and those long things you click agree to right. without you even never reading. Read the terms of service. And so I like this idea that you would try to show through the interface itself exactly what's kind of being being shared and what's not. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Especially like as more young people are using technology as more like elementary age people are using technology. I think that their information is really should be protected most of all and yeah. so it's really important to consider who your user base is and um, in context with that. Yeah, yeah. Well one of the things that we talk a lot about in the college and then once we think about a liberal arts education more broadly is opportunities for self-reflection. Self-reflection is such an important part of you know thinking about thinking intentionally about the way we are in the world. So do you have habits or practices of self-reflection that you undertake in your work? Yeah, definitely. I mean, being a student, it's um, fortunate that most of my reflection as it pertains to classwork is um, asked of me. Yes, great. <laughs> so people are doing a good job. Yes, That's my good. professors are very good at um, encouraging me to reflect after projects. And that has really instilled in me that no project is really ever done, even when, even when yeah. you turn it in. Um, and so just taking a few moments or a few hours to kind of explain the process um, not only like has helped me understand or like instill the uh, what a process, what a design process should be and how that should um, like start and end, um, but also has helped me improve my designs, of course, because after I turn it in, I reflect and I say, oh, I could have been better. This mm. is what I could have done differently. Um, especially with our Get Home Safe um, app, I think if we could have done three or four more card sorts with yeah. users, that would have been like yeah. exponentially more helpful. Where are you with that? Are you still working on that or is that? Right now it's um, in the archives. Okay. Um, but most of the most of the teammates that I was working with have moved on and graduated. Uh. Um, so it serves as a portfolio piece. Um, but 
ultimately it would be wonderful to work on that some more, maybe develop it, because I think it is like a really interesting problem, whether people mm. would use it as intended or not is up for debate still. I think that there's quite a case for it to be um, maybe problematic just because of mm -hmm. like targeting and right. um, whatnot. But um, yeah, so self-reflection has definitely been a huge key in like developing my design process and developing myself as a designer. Um, and then more personally, I, I do my own journals mm -hmm. or like whenever I update my portfolio or like prepare a project to go in my portfolio, there's a lot of reflection involved just because I have to go through that process in order to convey it to someone else. Yeah, that's another good reason for having an online profile is you really do have to think a lot about how, how do I want to present myself? What, what, um, how does this show and demonstrate the work that I've done. Yeah, that's absolutely true. I think especially as someone who is not especially fond of writing copy, mm. <laughs> um, having like a portfolio where I have to explain in words what I did, like right. it really forces me to not only just like write the words, but like be really thoughtful about how I do that. And right. then by doing that, I help myself kind of think through the problem solution yeah. of the project. So what's holding you back? What are, what are some <laughs> things that are holding you back? I think, I think um, more generally, as I was talking about, like the the um, field itself is kind of an interesting at an interesting point because mm. of dealing with privacy and ethics. But I think more personally, I um, have been trying to grow in my confidence as a designer. I think as my work experience has grown outside of just um, like my classroom-based projects, um, I've learned that. Um, sharing my designs with others can be much more nerve-wracking yeah. than I thought, which like sounds kind of trivial to say out loud, but it really like yeah. taught me that it's um, more important than I realized. Because I think um, my designs are like, like, ideally, of course, every design would be based in um, research or like have a intent, but um, especially as um, much of the work I've done has been having to be quickly produced and mm. they like model other designs that have worked, things like that. Um, it's kind of like sharing like my art in mm -hmm. a way. It's like, this is the decision I made. Like, what do you think? Right. Right. <laughs> um, yeah, it's been really hard, but I'm um, working on um, getting better at that. And I think by talking to more people and by creating a professional network, um, that has helped me a lot and gained kind of a sense of rapport with other people in the field, but also um, a sense of like comfort that people kind of believe in me, I guess. Really? And, like people are really willing to help and like willing to reach out and network, which I didn't really initially think. Yeah. Um, but that has been like huge for me is that people are so welcoming and so willing to connect. That's good. I think that the, the courage to make yourself vulnerable in those ways by sharing your work, it's, it, it's hard to do, but when you can do that when you can cultivate those habits of actually doing that it can be tremendous I mean it actually is the condition I think under which we do our most transformative learning and if, especially if you can have a space of trust I think one of the reasons why trust is so important in educational environments is that you need to be able to show yourself in these spaces where you're not quite done you're not it's not fully polished but it's kind of this is the direction you're going in and and have people who you trust give you feedback recognizing that they have 
your best interest in mind in, yeah. in giving you that feedback. Yeah, especially when it doesn't go well. I think yeah. that's when I, of course, learn the most. Right. <laughs> when it's most nerve-wracking and you're most like, shoot, I could have done that better. Yeah. Um, but that's like helpful because then you inadvertently learn the tools to improve that process. So. Yeah, it's something that we need to think a lot about in, in higher education. We, we you know, it's, it's great to celebrate success and, and people, you know, are putting all the great things that they've done on their, on their websites, on their, on their CVs and on their resumes. But we also need to find ways of identifying those moments of, of failing mm -hmm. that allowed us to learn in, in a transformative way to take a leap that we hadn't really realized before. That's why practices of self-reflection are so important. That's why being willing to be vulnerable in, in those ways are so important to, yeah. to education Absolutely. As, as an endeavor. Yeah. yeah, I would even argue that maybe a project that maybe utterly failed would be the ultimate portfolio piece yes. <laughs> because it would really showcase like the problems and then how you learn from that rather than here's what I did. It went perfectly and right. I presented it and ta-da. Right, exactly. So. Well, and I think I, I, think I was at uh, one of the iOS uh, lab presentations where they had a whole team that, that failed at mm -hmm. what they were trying to do and they presented on it. It was great. It was yeah. great to see them really showing the ways in which the project derailed and what they would have tried to do differently or, and maybe the idea was kind of just not going to be successful but you had to sort of see the ways in which it failed was the most interesting thing. Yeah. You know, I mean, and even you say with, with, with Get Home Safe, you've got a lot of good ideas in there that all didn't manifest themselves in a working prototype right now and maybe they'll be translated into new projects that you work on for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. absolutely. So as the, as the Dean of the College of Arts and Letters, what can I do to facilitate your success? Well, I think you're doing a wonderful job and I think that this major has grown a lot and it's been really exciting to see like how many people now are coming to events and yeah. how many like friends I have in the major even since freshman year is okay. kind of crazy. Um, but I think I think generally like I would like to see everyone someday on any team thinking as a UX designer would, like mm. thinking for the intended user, thinking with intention and um, I think of course this is something I'm going to school for and yeah. want need to be paid for. Yes. <laughs> but, yes. um, but I think um, having that awareness and just um, not not doing things just because we think they're good or because they look good it's it's intent really at the end of the day and it's does is it useful and is it something that people want to use yeah. and i think that kind of mentality is applicable really across the board yeah well i couldn't agree more and uh, i'm grateful for your work in the major and your modeling the kind of student that we really want to want to generate out of that major and um, I'm also grateful for the work that you're doing on the podcast so we'll, I know we'll so be talking much. about that yes. as well <laughs> so uh, thanks Anya, for being on the liberal arts endeavor thank you so much Dean. I appreciate it a big thank you to everyone involved with this podcast including our technical producer Dan Trago our marketing director and producer Ryan Kilcoin and our interns Dante Smith and Anya Delan. You can access every episode of the Liberal Arts Endeavor podcast online at cal.msu.edu forward slash about forward slash podcasts. The opinions expressed on this program do not reflect official entities of Michigan State University. See you next time on Liberal Arts Endeavor.